You're listening to Hardscape Growth, a podcast for business leaders in the trenches. From pavers to profits, we're focused on the topics that help hardscape professionals find success and level up. Let's get into the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hardscape Growth Show. I'm your host, Alex from TechoBlock, and today we're joined by Jake Baxter from Lawn Vets Outdoors in Augusta, Georgia. We're going to open today's episode with a quick story because, incidentally, this week's episode is about job site security, shop security, trailer security, making sure you're not getting your stuff stolen. And right after recording our episode, Jake had a little incident where all of his tactical measures came into play. So we're going to open this week's episode with that story, and then we're going to get into all the things that Jake does to make sure that he keeps all of his equipment safe and sound every day and every night. Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, unfortunately, the the day after we recorded this first bit, we talked literally the next day, my shop was broken into and it it was an in-progress thing. I was going to bed. I got an alert on my phone that my camera went off. I saw somebody's face and it's the camera that's perched up on the top of the shop. So that didn't compute. And I jumped in my truck. I grabbed a phone, flashlight and a Air 15 because this is America, damn it. And headed out to meet meet the sheriff's deputies and long story short they broke in they had just started taking they were they were there to clean me out for sure but one ran through the woods one way the sheriff's caught him one ran through the woods the other way and unfortunately ran into me with a glock and i was not very happy to see him both of them were arrested they got no bond there's going to be you know a trial they got charged with second degree burglary you know all subjects are innocent until proven guilty but i mean I don't know what else they were doing back there. You know, they had their van and everything and bolt cutters. They were ready to go to town. But if I hadn't have gotten that alert, I was going to bed. You know, I would have just slept through the night and got to work the next morning and been like, oh, man. And just the worst, you know, this, this would have been the second time that happened to me since I've been in business. So everything worked. I did upgrade a few things. We can probably talk about that because they got me to thinking about some angles that I didn't think about because I'm a, I'm a hardscaper. I'm not a crook. I don't think like that, you know. But I'm grateful that I was able to get there. The local sheriff's department was super responsive, super they were they were so pumped that I caught the other guy. They were like, Thanks for the assist. Fist pumping me was like, Oh man, that's awesome. You know, we that never happens. We usually are talking to people in the morning and they're all sad because all their crap's gone. And so getting to catch them in the act was you know, it's maybe not for everybody, but it was exciting to me. Being a military guy, I was just like, you know, and I got to I got to have a little face-to-face conversation with the fellow that I caught. And uh, so you didn't really read the sign or you don't know what veteran means because we got cameras, man. And I was here, you know, seven minutes after you got here. So next time you're here, I'm just not going to call the cops, but I'll still see you. Pick up what I'm dropping, buddy. And and he he said he didn't understand me, but he knew what I was saying. Basically, it was the the trail cameras that you set up that that sent you the notification? Yeah, it was a $120 cellular the brand is spy point i I didn't buy anything real high end i just needed that initial alert you know i didn't need the a 50 megapixel picture or i didn't need streaming video i just needed to know what was going on and it gave me enough awareness to where when the deputies came i gave them the code to my gate and i went back to the woods and i said this is exactly where they were seven minutes ago you know i could tell them exactly where they're at so you know, it, now I got a few more angles covered, you know, but I mean, I'm, we're, we're good. It also woke some of my neighboring businesses up that ah, maybe we need to revamp and look at what we're doing because they would have been next, you know, they would have gone through my shop and then they would have probably pulled their van around to the next one, you know? So basically what you're saying is your neighbor should listen to the rest of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, they, they definitely want me to forward it to them because not all of them are hardscapers. So Jake, like what, what was going through your head when you got that notification on your phone? Especially that we had just finished talking about how secure all your stuff was. I think I was saying no freaking way the entire drive there. I, I was I really was in disbelief, even though it is, you know, the camera continued to update because they broke it off and they threw it into the woods, but it kept sending me pictures when I guess they were walking by it or something. And I, I don't know. I kinda as I pulled up, I was like, I'm gonna have to make a decision here because when I pulled up, the deputies weren't there. They got there just like a split second after me, but I, I was gonna I was kinda making that decision in my mind, like, you know, what am I walking into? I need to be really I need to be careful. Am I really just gonna go start open I don't want to get into a debate on it, but I mean, you know, in the state that I live in, Georgia, you know, you can 
use deadly force to defend your property. So it just was, it was scary. I was weirdly calm. My wife told me the next day I really didn't even say a word to her. I just jumped up and got dressed and grabbed my stuff and left. And, and I said, you know, the shop, the shop's getting broken too. And she's like, you were so like stoic and calm. She was like, I, I knew something was serious, but you know, it, it, of course it scared her. And, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, I remember getting angry later and this is just, this isn't just a detail. It doesn't really matter, but they found all their tools and stuff like that in the woods. They, they let a bloodhound go to find the one guy that ran. They like ditched everything. No, they dropped everything. They left their van there, keys and everything. It was his van. This is what pissed me off. This is what really pissed me off. And, you know, th- you'll understand. They found a hat. So the investigator comes up and he goes, hey, I found your hat in the woods. And, I, and it was like trenched in sweat. I was like, that's not my hat. He goes, yeah, it says Navy veteran. Isn't this your hat? And I said, I don't have a hat like that. Were they wearing that hat? So I had a second discussion with the young man about so if you don't, if you didn't earn this, you really shouldn't be wearing this. Like you're already kind of a unscrupulous, I don't know what kind of, you're, you're an asshole because you're stealing people's stuff, but you're wearing a Navy veteran hat and you, you were, were you in the Navy? And I mean, the guy didn't speak English. So he said, he just said he didn't understand me. But anyways, that just, it was just, it was really weird. It's still, even though we caught him and like they're in jail, there was still kind of a, you know, I had a hard time going to sleep the next couple nights and it just, it, it shook me up for a few days for sure. And just, I had to repair my fence and you know, there's just a lot of stuff you have to do. I had to take the whole day off work the next day and just kind of, just kind of get all my crap together. And I ordered more cameras. I put more cameras up. I didn't really work until we had all that squared away. I double checked, even though I had all my stuff together with my insurance, I went ahead and called them and said, Hey, I had an incident just making sure Everything you you got, I don't know, you know, money, you have all this information that you need, you know, just double checked and it made me feel better. Well, I think there's still a valuable lesson there. Yeah, I mean, it, it really was. It just, it, you know, even though I felt like, you know, I had just spoken on it and was talking about all the cool things I did to keep this from happening. I mean, it really can happen to anybody. And when I asked the investigator, I, I said, why do you think I got targeted? Why did they start with me? And he just was like, I, I can't. I mean, you have, you can see your cameras, you have barbed wire, you have a lot of, everything is locked. You can visually see it. You're well lit. He's like this, these guys clearly weren't pros at this. I mean, they, there wasn't much of a plan. So the two things they stole, they actually got into their van, which of course I recovered because we ran them off, was a five-year-old plate compactor and they humped that thing like 50 feet. So <laughs> I don't know why they picked that. And then my, I, have, I keep my camper at my shop and I have a cart that you offload the black water, which is like the poop water. They stole my poop tank. I don't know why they did that. What they thought that I, these guys just weren't intelligent, clearly. So they, you know, they'd only been there a few minutes. So they got an old plate compactor, which it was just like, I need to sell this pile in my shop, you know, because I'd replaced it. And I keep my camper at my shop and there's a, you know, the black water tank There's a tank you can offload it into and wheel it. It's a it's a poop cart. It's like a hundred dollars. Like, why would you, why would you steal that? You know, it made no sense. So there really wasn't, they weren't professionals, but it's still, no, there was not a lot of thought. It still caused you grief and you still had to take action. Like you said, you still lost a day just getting back on track. So like, I think that just reinforces what you were saying about like, you need to have these precautions in place and you need to evaluate their their effectiveness and you do need to constantly stay on your toes because sometimes it's 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 the dumbest thing like this that that can just be like the heck and and just derail your 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 work week and that can put your projects behind schedule and then you know it's a domino effect for the rest of the season after so like it's worth the uh the investment up front oh absolutely because that just it you know it it killed my headspace for several days i wasn't i was you're right it sets the project back i wasn't focused and then getting back into the work week was tough because we're just kind of you know taking you know really not even caught our breath and then well let's go back to work and of course clients were understanding and you know all my neighbors were happy at, at the business park that that we caught them but everybody's there's been a knee jerk of people cameras changing locks adding stuff you know, check and fence. We, there was a bunch of, I could just tell people were taking it more serious now that it happened. 
And I also got to know whose cameras really worked and whose didn't. Some people had cameras and they didn't work. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I was like, dang, you know. So they were like, how do you, you know, I got asked a lot of questions immediately after on how to kind of beef it up. But I mean, it, it was fun the next day when everyone was like, hey, Jake, oh man, you caught him. That's awesome. I'm like, I wish it had never happened. <laughs> but well, that's it. Yeah. I wish it had never happened. It's a fun story to tell, but like, you don't want to have to do it what again. What was going through your mind when I messaged you the video of me standing there with the cops the day after? I think you were at a hockey game or something. And you were like, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm like, this is impossible. We just we just finished talking about all the things the guy has to have his shop secure and prevent all this. And then, boom, 24 hours later, this is what's happening. The only thing I don't have is missiles, basically. And here we have this bullcrap going on. But it could have been a lot worse. And I think that, that's the main takeaway. Like, ultimately, they got away with, well, I mean, they, they took stupid things, but they got, they didn't get away. And you were able to respond quickly and get the police on there quickly. But even then, the police weren't weren't necessarily going to catch both guys because they split up. The police caught one, you caught the other. So not that we're necessarily encouraging, you know, chasing down people who are, who are stealing from you. That, that could be potentially very dangerous, but it's your responsiveness. And your responsiveness is a result of your preparedness. And that's the, the, the key takeaway. And they were very upfront with me. They're like, we don't often catch people in the act. This is rare. Like that's a high five for them. And yeah, normally it's just that the next day and you're a victim and we fill out a report, you never get your stuff back. But since this is, you know, I mean, they fully processed. I was there for four or five hours. I didn't go to bed until I don't even remember when I went to bed the next day. But in, and, you know, since it has not gone to trial, it's going to take six months or so until it goes to trial. One of the guys is is illegal. He's here from another country. I don't know. They they said he may get may get deported. I'm like, there's a lot. Of, it's a lot of complexities to prosecute these guys, but it's it's open and shut from what they've told me. And I'll get restituted for the damages because they want me to submit my time and materials to fix my fence and you know all that stuff. So, but I mean, it's going to be years down the road. It's not a payday, but it is. There is a system, like you were saying, like the, the last time this happened, like you just got your restitution just recently. And this was years later. Yeah. And that happened in 2019. So the wheels of justice turned slow is what they told me to expect. But they have, I know they do more patrols there and stuff because, you know, I've, I've spoke to the investigator several times, just him getting details and stuff. And so it, it'll, you know, it's going to run its course, but I mean, we're back to work and you know, we're finishing up a project today. We're doing our first home show this weekend. So we're, we're back in the swing of things, but it definitely was sobering. It could have been a lot worse and I'm so glad I was prepared and it is, you know, we just, you know, I bought four, four more cameras. I got some back in the woods. We, we've got some different little, we're, we've got some early warning now in case it happens again. Now, you know, statistically the likelihood of me getting hit again is extremely low, but that's not a, we just can't, we can't sleep on any, yeah, that's right. We can't sleep on anything. Like even that it could have been a lot worse. I, my, the, the door to my work truck was unlocked, which is rare. My employees always locked doors. It was unlocked. There was just a lot of weird little things like that. Cause you just, you get tired. It was Friday. It was good Friday. You know, people, it was a holiday weekend. You know, people, I get it. You know, you just can't, the first time I got hit, it was, we were just slipping that day. So you have to look at it like someone's always watching you as crazy as that sounds. And all it takes is one time. It doesn't take long to clean out a trailer with two guys that are motivated, you know? Yeah. And more professional than. Well, and think how long it took, you know, it took me years to acquire everything in that trailer. So it's, it's worth protecting. So that's what the rest of this episode is going to be about. So just sit back, relax, and we're going to break down all the different tactics that Jake has put in place over the years to protect all the stuff and to put him in a position where he can respond quickly to prevent these thefts and uh, assaults on his business. So stay tuned. So today we wanted to talk about security. So we met like this isn't this is still isn't necessarily part of the show, but just so like we get on the the same track here. So we met at the Charlotte Showcase in a bar. You came up and, and we met in a bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we met in a bar. You heard my voice. You're like, hey, you're the podcast guy. It did, yeah, I waited for you to say like a couple of keywords, and then I was like, oh god, that I think that's him, but I don't think I'd ever seen your face because it was a podcast, you know. So we I clued in on you real quick. So we, we got to talking 
And then I, I don't remember how we ended up on the topic of like getting shit stolen and broken into and whatever, but we did. And then you had a million and one suggestions and that's basically what we want to talk about today. I didn't even realize that I kind of had, like I was fairly good at that or something until you said like, we should do this. And I was like, I guess I have. But I, I think it's, if you've, if you've experienced the, you know, just having something stolen sucks. That's, you know, personal invasion and, you know, it just makes you feel really, makes you feel weird and on edge for a while. But then there's the whole financial aspect and operations impact. Like, how am I going to, like, I had to send my guys home that day. And we were, we were more into maintenance and I had to send my maintenance guys home and kind of, you know, it was an entire day of work gone. And just in my, you know, my, my mental health plummeted that day. It was just, it was just a rough, it was just a crappy thing. And looking back on it, it was because I got complacent. I, I, I was in a routine and routine is the enemy of security. I mean, you're not, they, I don't know how many times they drove by my shop, but they saw that big trailer and said, and I had a bad routine of saying, you know, we'd been out there working hard all day. Instead of emptying all the tools out of the trailer and putting them in the shop, which was more secure, hey, just pull the mowers off. So then one day I came into work and I had no blowers, no edgers, no hedge trimmers, no reed whacker, none of that stuff. My whole maintenance kit was gone. And I, I literally had some zero turns and that was it. And so I didn't have a way to edge and a way to blow. And it was just like, well, this is your own fault. And I had a little piddly ass lock on the door. Like just nothing. I just thought I was just never was going to happen to me. And I also made the big mistake in thinking that I got insurance that's going to cover all this and fix this bad day scenario. And that was not the case. I learned that lesson the hard way, really hard way. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I, I think that, that, that sets us up for the, for the conversation. So let's just dive right into it. So you just gave us a perfect example that Almost everybody listening is probably going to find themselves in at some point. You're grinding out there every day. You get back to the shop. The easy solution is park the trailer, anything extremely value, make sure that's super locked up, put somewhere else, whatever. But all the other stuff that you still need every single day is left vulnerable. And that leaves you vulnerable because your business depends on all tools, all equipment, not just the high ticket value items. So... What lessons did you learn and, and what are you doing now? Well, one thing that just kind of came from convenience is, is we changed all of our locks. I got rid of key locks and we went to combos. Combos, very easy to change. Keys, I had, you know, if you have turnover, sometimes you end up having to dangle that final paycheck. Hey, I need my keys back. And I've had a conflict with that before. So what I like about the combo locks is you can find them on Amazon or whatever, readily available. If you get a weird hunch driving home, you could turn back around and go change all your locks. Everything's fine. You know, you could have a very short list of who knows that combo. One thing, go, going back to routines, and I'll kind of tap into my military knowledge. One thing that we used in the military was called abbreviated RAM, Random Anti-Terrorism Measures, which this is like, you know, pretty ramped up for this conversation. But all it really was, was like, think of like a military base and you're going to gain access and you may very well be rightfully able to access that base, but they're going to ask for two forms of ID one day randomly. But why are you asking for two forms of ID? Because we can, you're not going to have access unless you have two forms of ID or maybe the person standing that gate watch and normally a regular day would be M9 pistol, body armor, and that's it in a radio. Sometimes they'd have us full kit up, full body armor, rifle, pistol, an extra guy with a shotgun randomly. It could be for no reason or it could be we have a tip that something's going to go down that day. But mixing things up, you know, so I would apply that to like a job site. If you're going to leave a trailer, what's that? What's that look like? Like if you're going to leave a trailer on site, maybe make sure that, first of all, a lot of residential job sites, everybody has cameras now, doorbells, you can get ring, you know, all those kind of stuff. Ask your client, hey, if I leave this trailer here, are you, are you able, is there video on it? Can I park it here? Can I park it up against the garage? We always park our excavator or bobcat in front of the trailer. We put hitch locks on the trailer with a combo lock, not a key. Could somebody with a badass sawzall cut it off in five seconds? Yes, 
that it's going to make noise, it's going to make sparks, it's going to make a commotion that's not normal. You're going to work. You know, thieves are looking for that easy opportunity. I'm not saying they're dumb and I'm not going to say even that they're lazy. I think they're just looking for an opportunity. They're opportunistic. Yeah. So every time, little other simple things. I, I operate out of a job trailer. Even though it's a pain, lock the door every time. If you're working in the backyard, just lock the door. It's if you forget your keys, it's a little annoying, but I don't have a combo lock for the side door of my, my trailer, but I do have combos for the back. But to get in and out of the side door, if we have to leave that on site, which is rare, park something in front of that side, the most vulnerable make it the hardest to get into. One of the things that I like to do is, especially if we already have the pallets and materials, pop a pallet in front and behind. Yeah. Make it, make it easy. Just moving up. A pallet of block is, you know, it's 4,000 pounds. It's not moving overnight. Yeah. If you, if you move that out of the way, I mean, you want a job, man? I mean, <laughs> exactly. Hide, hide an employment contract on the, on, underneath the pallet. <laughs> Here's what one thing that saved me a little bit when I did have theft. On a rainy day, something popped in my brain. I found a paint marker. I said, here, write, write lawn vets on everything. That's actually how they tied. They did find who stole my stuff. And I did end up, I am getting some restitution. This was two years ago. I'm finally getting money back. But because someone had taken a paint marker and written on it, they tied it together. So I ended up getting a few items back. It wasn't much. But we Dremel scribed on the metal everywhere. I've even painted things different colors. My generator to this day is, is Smurf blue, even though it's a red Honda generator. So if it's ever missing... And I drive by and I see a blue generator, I'm going to go ask some questions. But there, that, there's a good tip there though. Like you, you just hit on a really good one. Like I used to work, I used to, I used to work in the rental business and that was one of the big things was ensuring that you're engraving every piece of equipment, like you're just saying with a Dremel, but also in very inconspicuous areas too. Yes. Not areas that could easily be taken off. If you can unscrew a panel, like let's say it's the, the pull crank for your plate compactor like engrave the inside of it or, or the inside of the machine behind it. Cause you can always swap the plate, but like somewhere where it's not necessarily visible, but at a pawn shop or whatever, it's, it's clearly identifiable. Yeah. The, the engraving was, you know, that's what got it back to us, even though it was a paint marker, same, same concept. So we took it up a notch. Same idea. Yeah. I also logo and put stickers all over our equipment. Even this, the, the, cheap stuff, even the handheld stuff. It's, Hey, is that my shovel? Yeah, it's ours. It has long bets outdoors on it. I got insurance. I had a bad attitude towards insurance companies after my experience, but it was kind of my own fault for not researching their products. Just like not researching the material you're going to use for a patio project. You know, they have, you know, there's deductibles, there's actual cash value policies, and then there's replacement costs. What I learned, you're going to pay more for that replacement cost you're going to have to schedule your items. You're going to have to have pictures, serial numbers, models, what you paid. You're going to pay more for that policy. But my policy now, if somebody steals my entire trailer, I have a, have a $500 deductible and then I'm getting a check and I'm going shopping. It's not. Whereas before with the other cheap policy I had with my lawn equipment, uh, I think it was around a $10,000 loss and I ended up getting about $3,000 back because they did actual cash value. So it loses you know, a two-year-old hedge trimmer loses so much value, but they have a computation that somebody thought of that's, that we're not, you know, we're not. That works in their favor. Yeah, exactly. And it is, it's, it's their, it's their fine print and you need to make your insurance agent do their job and say, I say, Hey, that someone's not going to walk in and just steal. Yeah, exactly. Tell me how, how do you make that happen? Cause like it, it you don't want to, you don't want to have to learn that lesson by getting burned like you did. Yeah. And, and I'm willing to pay and I'll factor that into my overhead because I would rather have peace of mind at night because I have, look, my tool trailer, if you stole my tool trailer, I'm so proud of that thing and how it's organized. I've put videos out and, and you know, I would just die. I, I would just be beside myself if I got my tool trailer stolen. But they're not going to just take one or two things. They're going to take the whole thing, you know, more than likely. For, for this episode, we, I knew we were going to talk about this. So, I called some of my colleagues in the last few days and said, hey, how long have you been in business and how... How much stuff have you had stolen? And the kind of our our tripwire was if you've been in business 10 years, you've almost have experienced some sort of theft and, it, and all of it was over $10,000. I have another hardscaper in our market. He had a truck stolen. It was an employee, but it was still a truck. 
you know, like who doesn't have GPS on their trucks? It's cheap now. It's very inexpensive. Eight, ten dollars a month for tracking. And even though I don't know, I don't know what was involved with that. But another thing I think we talked about at Showcase was I inconspicuously place air tags on everything. Yes, the air tags. Let's talk about that. You can tuck them up anywhere, put them down in the engine compartment. So okay, let, let's go, let's back up a step. Because you and I talked about it, but I didn't know what an air tag was until you told me. So let's bring everyone up to speed. What are we talking about and how to use them? It's an Apple product. I don't know if it crosses over to Android or not, but I think it does. Maybe it is about the size of a quarter. It's in about, about a half inch thick. It takes a little battery. You replace it about once a year. They cost about 25, 30 bucks a piece. You can buy them in a four pack from the Apple store. You activate them and you can place them on your equipment, battery boxes down inside of a, I I put in my excavator, I took a panel off and went way down inside the engine and put some 3M type tape, put it in there. And it's not something that can be shut off by somebody. It's not, they can't disconnect the battery. It's standalone. They're not perfect. You know, they, I think they use other people's phones passively, but I think you can put it into like an alert mode or something, but I have pretty good, I can pull up my phone and I have pretty good tabs on where all my trailers, where all my equipment is, and you can put them on anything. You can repurpose them. They will tell, because <laughs> my foreman called me one day and he goes, it says there's an air tag following me that's not registered to me. And I hadn't said anything to him, and he, but he has an iPhone. We all have iPhones. I provide him a company phone, and he was a little freaked out for a second. He's like, is somebody following me? I'm like, yeah, the dump trailer's following you, man. <laughs> so it does give some sort of alert, but in that case, I think that's good. And then kind of finally, you know, you've got job site security and then you've got your shop security. Depending on, like I have a lay down yard. So my, my building is open. It's like a carport with sides. I don't have doors and locks. And I have trail cameras, cellular game cameras that like hunters use. And they're cheap now. You, you, you don't have to spend, you know, 200 maybe $300 gets you a pretty high end camera the cellular plans are inexpensive, I think 15 or $20 a month. And you can set them up on the job site. You can strap it to a tree. You can screw it into a fence post. And, you know, if it's a cellular connection, you get, I, I know as soon as someone pulls up to my gate and then as soon as someone walks around anywhere near my building. How big is your building and how many cameras have you set up? I've got three and it's 30 by 36, I think. So I have a pretty pretty small area that we put our stuff, but it's covered. It's covered by cameras. And also I think it's a good, and most people, this would be a good assumption, but get to know your neighbors, get their phone number. Like one place next to me is like a detail paint shop. Man, them guys ain't never there in the morning, but they're up all night and they'll let me know if they see anything weird. I've also called and figured out who, what we have. We don't have a police department. We have sheriff deputies. Who's the sheriff that patrols our area? That's also good. Just to, hey, how you doing? This is where we're at. You know, just that awareness and kind of on the same tangent when I'm at a residential job site, you know, we're always parking stuff and making a mess and dusty. So I'm always trying to be like ahead of that with a smile and a wave. Hey, how are y'all doing? Because people are genuinely curious, even if they're kind of being a Karen about it, they want to know what's going on. They're nosy. That's a good thing to take advantage of because, hey, we're going to be here for about a week and yeah, we're going to, we're probably going to have a few things shuffled around here. I always jokingly say, but I am never going to be here in the middle of the night going through my stuff or moving anything. So if you see anything weird, just let the police know. Like I just get it out right away. I've had people see me setting up. Are you setting up a camera? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We set up cameras for our stuff, you know, and that, but most of the time the nosy, the nosy Nellies or whatever, they're on your side. They don't want to see your stuff messed with. Yeah. Well, that's it now, because if your stuff's getting messed up with, then their neighborhood isn't safe. So now you've turned, you turned someone who could be a pain in the butt into like now an ally just by playing to like their, their nature. Yeah. Give them a car. I mean, people always want to see, I mean, not, I mean, you know, I, people walk right into a backyard that isn't even theirs. What are you guys doing back here? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing back here? Sir, please step away. No, I just, I like, you know, I love people and I like to talk to people. So that's, that's natural for me, but I think it's important to kind of walk and talk and, get a feel for what's going on around you. I mean, some people tell you real quick, I don't want you to park in front of my house. Yes, sir. Not a problem. But you can still turn that around 
And it's kind of, you know, kind of a little bit sales too, just so they can see. I, I can tell you, like I said, I just got that vacuum. There was a lot of people wondering what the heck we were doing with that. You know, it, it, we, we get to play with some cool, cool tools in hardscaping. And, and it's, some people don't know what hardscaping is. So that's kind of an industry term. Yeah, we're hardscapers. What is that? Gravel? You know, they don't, they don't know. But I think just making your, pres- you know, military speak, that's officer presence. Like, hey, we're here. This is what we're doing. This is, and I like to let people know about how long or, hey, we're almost finished or just converse to let them know what would be normal and what would not be normal. I like that. Officer presence. Because you're, you're, you're staking your claim to that space while you're there and you want to make sure that you're in control of the situation, but still acknowledging that it is not your space. So you, you ally yourself with the people who are, you know, originally natively from that area, get on their side and make sure that anything that's unusual, well, this is a problem for all of us. So let's all keep our eyes open. It's an easy way to get a business card into someone's hand to, hey, if you need us to move something, if this trailer's in your way or whatever, just here's my here's my cell number, call me. And boom, hand them a business card. Boom, hand them a business card. And I mean, we've gotten repeat business from it just because they see that, you know, we clean the street up and we're not leaving pallets laying everywhere. And there's just little things you can do to, that may be something else too. Just having a nice, clean job site makes you look, you know, that's just, I don't know, on the security side, but just more professional and less less likely to be slipping on the security side. That's it. Well, that's, that's exactly it. There's two points there because if the site is nice, clean, neat, organized, if something is amiss, it's easier to identify for you or for a passerby. And the second thing is, when things are nice, neat, and organized, there's a sense of discipline that's instilled within the team that things always go back in their place. So while it may not necessarily prevent theft, it will ensure or prevent loss, which is, you know, I mean, it still costs you the same thing. That someone stole it or you buried it in the ground by accident or you forgot it behind a retaining wall by accident, like it still costs you the same thing at the end of the day. So I think having a clean site is very important for those two reasons. And then the third point, like you alluded to, like having that, that clean professional image in the neighborhood is, is super important. Like it's great to show up and be friendly. And like, if there's a, you know, if there's an issue, call me, like you said, but you don't want to, you don't want to create those, those negative situations either because you're not sweeping up the gravel or you're leaving a half open pallet on the end of the street. Like you opened it and then you didn't finish moving it. And now it's like, well, it's six o'clock. So I guess we should get out of here. Like, you know, taking the, the, the time to make sure everything is nice, clean and organized sends a clear message to everyone and also shows your professionalism uh, to your own client too, because you're treating their project and their property with respect. We have had people run, run into piles of gravel, even though there was cones around them i mean you have to be careful oh yeah that doesn't matter how many that then you're shoveling it out because the bumpers jack the the axle off the ground and yeah and i always say the same thing good thing it wasn't a kid i always say the same thing good thing it wasn't a kid but i mean yeah i think that we have postured differently because we've encountered theft another colleague of mine Corey benson he's a he loves techo he has a switch and go truck, which is like the truck landscape trucks that can change beds. And he bought a container that's closed in and wet, like wet and welded his hasps on. So his job trailer is not on wheels. He's, he's, I mean, it's, it costs more than a trailer, I guess, but it's not on wheels. He can drop it. It's heavy as what, and you're going to have to have a cutting torch and some time to get into that quick you know quickly and he can he had well he hasn't i don't think but he's talking about putting right on top just putting the game camera right on top that then he's good there's just if anybody's jimmying with it he's got it right there even if they walk up and chuck a rocker or something at the camera there's still going to be something usable there i've seen that before and, and what i've also seen that that ties into that is having that type of truck you can dump you know you can drop off the first dumpster that handles all the excavation so like you can have and this this is a logistical situation depends on your business but you could roll up with your truck drop your empty dumpster that gets filled with aggregate or with soil that you're hauling out from your excavation truck goes back to the shop picks up the trailer full of all the other tools that we'll need for the next phase rolls in drops off that trailer picks up the uh, the dumpster now full of uh, soil takes that away 
takes it to the next site, whatever. And you just have a system of dumpsters that are on a rotation and the truck is mobilizing everything, but all your stuff is always contained, which is nice. And the, the these roll off dumpsters become multi-purpose. And you're not paying for, you know, we, we, we pay, we pay for those roll off dumpsters right now. So that's, well, I mean, it, there's, there's math to do both ways because that, that type of equipment is expensive. A roll off truck is a very expensive truck to have. You need a driver for it. If you're the driver, well, then you're not building something. So there's an opportunity cost to factor in as well. But for some companies, if you have your logistics mapped out properly and, and you have a very rigorous schedule for all of your projects, it's a very interesting way to go. And you're not held hostage to other, other logistical elements too. Like you're, you're mobilizing all your own stuff. I definitely got my eye on a setup, but we're not there yet. But they are his efficiency is crazy good with that setup for sure. There's just no end to the tools you can buy in this industry. No, well that's that's why you got to be careful. To, that's why you got to be careful two ways. You got to be careful with the stuff you do have, which is everything that you've been talking about, and you got to be careful with what you do buy in the future because like uh, Paver Pete always likes to say, and the lesson that I learned very early, like there's there are very few contractors that go out of business because they don't have the work. They go out of business because they run out of money. That's true. And it's either because they're not tra- they're not charging appropriately or they're not calculating their costs appropriately, and they're they're sloppy on that end of things, and it it, it gets away from you real quick. It does. It can. I feel like we're doing something right because since we switched over to hardscape only, I feel like I've had a lot less cash flow woes as when we were doing landscaping and maintenance. Why is that? I don't know. I just, maybe I just wasn't charging enough for those other things. I never really, I haven't really gotten into like any sort of granularity on it, but definitely we got into maintenance last year and just made, we were just doing landscaping. And then, then as we started to focus more on hardscaping, now I'm, I'm actually subbing our landscape jobs out. And those guys that are doing the landscaping are subbing us on the hardscape side. And it's, it's right now it's working really good. And that, you know, you got to have the right people, the right company and the right relationship. But I'm really grateful because that fell in our lap. He called me up one day and said, man, I love the work you guys are posting. I don't have the in-house skill for that. I don't really want to invest in the equipment. And I see you're, you got all this stuff. Let's talk. And it's worked out on several projects. And interestingly enough, going back to the very beginning of our conversation where I said, you know, the client said, I'm going to get three other quotes, but I like this. He called that other contractor that subs me anyways. So when he called me and says, Hey, I got this job at the blah, blah, blah. I was like, wait, what's the street address? What was their name? I was like, oh, I've already given them a quote. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to call you back. I'm just going to call back and level with them. And I ended up getting the job because of it. So having that, you know, we don't, I don't shut up about hardscaping. I know my wife will tell you that. I, she probably gets tired of hearing about it some days. But I am everywhere you go. You just talk about it, be about it, do good work, and let people. You have to let people know that that's what you want to do. You just have to. This has to flow out of you, and I feel like it will. It will come to you, and all of a sudden, we're getting direct leads for. Hey, I heard you guys do really cool paver patios. Yes, we do. I think when it comes, even we may even start subbing out our retaining walls because if we could just do patios all day, I think we would. That that would just be that's just what we love to do. It's it's not stressful. It's fun. It's we get to be creative, and that's just what we love to do. I mean, if you can create enough demand for something that you're good at, that is profitable for you, and that you're motivated to continue doing, then by all means, yes, yeah, sub out the other stuff. That applies for anything. Like you've already done it. That's that's the positive thing for me. Like you've already made the the judgment call once, where the landscape maintenance. You're like, well, I want to get into this hardscape stuff. This is way more exciting for me. That was an easy decision to get out of maintenance. That was a very easy decision. <laughs> but you're being rewarded for that easy decision. You know, there, there are decisions that are easy to make that weren't the right decision to make it in, in the first place. This is not that case. So it was an easy decision. It was a wise decision. It's profitable for you. You're happier for it. Your crew is happier too because you're building cool stuff and everyone's, you know, that side of your business is doing well. You're getting to acquire new toys that you enjoy working with that are helping you make even more money, which is good. And if you start identifying areas of the hardscape segment that are not checking all those boxes for you, then yeah, you should be asking yourself the question. Like we get a lot of requests for this, but this is not our wheelhouse. But it's that guy's, so maybe we can make a deal with that guy. I, I 100% percent 
contact everyone that makes inquiries on our on our website for for estimates, even if it's for cutting grass. And I say, hey, we don't do it. We stopped this time last year. Here's some qualified people who can do it. This is what we do. So if ever come, I'm a veteran owned business. So a lot of times it's about, hey, I want to support you guys. If, if, if it's going to be someone cutting my grass, I want to be a veteran. Like, man, I love that. Thank you. But when it's time to do an outdoor space, you want a fire pit, you want an outdoor kitchen, call me. These guys can take care of your maintenance. And I've had people that have contacted us six months, year, whatever later. And uh, hey, man, we're ready. Let's let's talk. So it just, it was scary. And I had a lot of people tell me I was crazy. But I just felt like this area, our market was ready for it. And I mean, we, I didn't even have a dealer. <laughs> I didn't have a Teco dealer. We just got a dealer two months ago, local. I was, I was trucking it in from a, a Site One Hardscape Center in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, which has been great. And I still buy stuff from them sometimes. But now that we have a dealer... And I have an awesome rep, Josh, Josh Sweetie. He's been really pivotal to us getting started because there's no way to know everything in the Teco catalog, even if you're obsessed with it. There's so many SKUs and so many ways that things fit together. So y'all have, having y'all as a reach back has been really the, the key to being able to push Teco in this, in this market. And, and people love it. People that have, people that don't want the plain old vanilla thing love Teco. And, like I said earlier, it's just made it easy. Well, I think that's that's the key, though. Like what you just said there summarizes like the whole relationship that we aspire to have with with every hardscape professional. Is you put it out there, you want to build cool things, you want to design awesome spaces, you want to transform people's lives, you want a material that can do that. It's our job to make that as as easy as possible and support you in every way as possible, and and even even through this show. That's part of what we're trying to do is being able to connect with guys like you so we can pick from your years of experience and share that with other people so that they can, you know, they can feel more comfortable taking that next decision for their business. For you, it was easy. For them, maybe not. But maybe this conversation makes it a little bit easier because they feel a little more reassured. So on that note, you know, you've been super, super transparent with everything, whether it be the conversation we had at the bar when we first met or the conversation today. We met in a bar. <laughs> How would people, like, what's the best way for people to reach out to you to get in contact with you if they have any questions or they want to pick your brain? The number one way to get a hold of any good hardscaper, Instagram DMs. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that on Instagram? Our business page is at lawn vets llc and then i post i cross post to my personal page and jake jake is outdoors is is my personal page but and our tiktok is the landscape mafia because that's just something we kind of goof around with i should have worn the hat oh yeah i gave you a hat that's limited i think i only made like 20 of those hats that's a limited production hat right there in that case i will limit my wearing of it keep it clean keep it mint We kind of tagged up the Teco trailers and Pete's, uh, Pete's, Pete's rig. And I saw, <laughs> so funny. I saw Pete's truck again when we were in Toronto and I saw the sticker on there. Like that. Was it still on there? Yeah. Yeah. It's still on there. I haven't, I haven't seen him in person. So I, I called him the other day. I meant to ask him if it was still on there, but so that's kind of back to, I was in the Navy. So that's back to a, kind of a Navy thing. We usually would have a sticker with our unit, whatever we were in, whatever ship, and that was just kind of a thing we did when we would go overseas, different places, and you would just put a sticker somewhere. Just, hey, we were here. Tag it. Yeah, I think it's called tagging. But that's what we use those stickers for. I put them on my buddies' trucks and trailers. We're very, we like to be sneaky about it, even though it's not, nothing to be sneaky about. It's just something we goof around and do. But it's kind of a camaraderie thing in our, in our community. With I will say that like our landscapers community, is everybody's very, very friendly transparent with each other. There's not a lot of cutthroat competition. There's not a lot of beefs. And that was one of the things you always ask, what is what do people get wrong? Being a dick to your competition. There's just no reason for that. You have so much more to gain by having a colleague type relationship. And you know, if you don't want to share pricing or how much you paid for something, that's fine. But you can uh, especially hardscapers. I know there's two or three of us that kind of call ourselves hardscapers here. And when we're getting hit on both sides from a customer on a, on a bid, it's good to have that person's phone number and say, Hey man, are you doing a job for them? Like what, you know, if to kind of get the temp, you know, that red flag, find those red flags. And I've, I've turned out, I've turned out work because of 
red flags before. Why wouldn't I pass that along to someone just in case they didn't see it? Borrowing equipment, you know, use your gut on that. But, you know, with when you only have really three real hardscapers in your community, it's kind of nice to like, hey, guys, I just got a roller compactor. If you all need it, you know, buy me lunch or something. Yeah, that, that and that, that's that's how it starts in, in, in smaller communities or, or newer markets. But I think that the, that message that you just said still carries through to, to any market. You know, the, the, there is enough business, especially right now, there's enough business for everybody. So you don't need to, you don't need to have that scarcity mindset where like you need to fight for everything that's yours and you can't share with anyone. You can't talk with anyone. You can't have an open conversation with anyone because they're going to steal all your ideas and they're going to, they're going to use it against you. You, you shouldn't feel that way because there's so much more room for improvement in everyone's business that honestly, like if they steal your ideas and you're worried about that, that would imply that you are at the peak in every single aspect of your business and there's no way to improve. How flattering. Yeah. So like you gotta, you gotta look at it from that perspective. If you want to give yourself the opportunities to grow, you know, like the conversation that you and I are having is not just limited to a conversation taking place on a podcast. Like you and I could be having this conversation as two contractors in the same city working on the same street who went out to the trailer at the same time. And now we're just talking, you know, like these are the opportunities that are around us all the time to learn and to grow. And I love being the only tech pro in my area, but I know, and I would applaud and encourage my other, these other guys to, to, get more involved and, and learn learn what it's like to sell Teco and install Teco. And I'd love to have more in my market. You know, when it comes to your colleague relationship, your professional relationships, you know, kindness is a currency, man. It, it really goes a long way. And look, that's a word to myself too, because sometimes I have to be like, man, why is he, oh, he's putting that on freaking pavers on M10. Here we go. You know, but a well-crafted, hey man, I don't know if you know this, but there's this concept called open grade and all the white marks on those papers is going to be a lot less for your client when you leave. And there's not going to be, you know, how did you know all that stuff? Man, I I've paid nothing for my training. I've paid $0 for my training. It's all provided by, by vendors but like you guys. If everyone gives back just a little bit, we elevate the game that much more and we all win from that. That was the first bullet point in the presentation was champion the trade. How are you going to do that being a dick? to the next guy trying to learn, you know, what would Techolog be like if Pave or Pete was a jerk? You know, it would, people would be like, I'm not going to that thing. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be where we are today. That's for sure. So let's wrap things up. Let's, let's just recap. I made a bunch of notes here. I know you already had notes, so help me fill this in if I, if I miss anything, but that routine becomes your enemy. So you need to be careful to uh, have the discipline to always be putting things away the way they need to be locking things up. I like your, your, your military term, your, your, your RAM, the random anti-terrorist measures, just changing things up to keep people on their toes and make sure that we don't fall into that rut and that rut that, that causes the, the lackadaisical attitude that results in theft. Makes you look weak. Yep. Scrap the uh, key locks and go with the combo locks as much as possible for all the reasons we already talked about. And limit the personnel that have that combo. The new guy doesn't get the code. He waits outside the gate till the foreman gets there, even if he's late. So on your crew, who has the combos then? The foreman's only. You and the foreman. And my and my dumpster guy that brings <laughs> the trash truck that dumps my dumpster. That's it. Yeah. Well, he's a trusted vendor. Yeah, he's on camera. Right? You've built a relationship. Well, I mean. He's on camera too. I mean. Well, that there's that too. Yeah, for sure. Was he going to carry off some? Was he going to carry off some borealis wall? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Leveraging, I really like this one. Leveraging the client security system and cameras, if you can. You know, it's just it's a polite question. If the cameras are catching there, and we can park there, let's park there. If the cameras don't catch that part, well, let's not park there if we can avoid it. That's just smart. That's opportunistic use of, of the environment. It's already there. Costs zero dollars to ask. Yeah. Lock up the job trailer every time. That's a pain in the butt, but you'll thank yourself the day you realize that someone was trying to break in and they didn't. Engrave everything, sticker everything. Insurance, pay attention to your deductibles, the actual cash value, the replacement costs. Make your agent work for you, your broker work for you. 
that one, I'm sure that you'll, you'll end up getting some questions about it. And be willing to pay. Be willing to pay some money for some good insurance. Like if, if they're saying like, look, you get your stuff stolen, you pay a one-time deductible, it's this much. And if it's on this list and you paid this much for it and you can prove that, then we're going to replacement cost value. If you pay $2,000 for it, you get $2,000 back. That policy is going to ver- is going to be higher than the other policies. But again, we can't complain that it's not a good policy and then not want to pay for it when they do provide you something that's good. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to share what I pay because I think it's, it's probably a lot, but I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable with the system. And well, that's it. If it works for you, it works for you. Like I'm recovering it. My- I, I, I had my, my Jeep stolen a few years ago. I got a full replacement value for it because I was paying a bit more. When I told people I was paying for my insurance, they laughed at me. But then when I got the check, the full replacement value after three years of driving it through mud and trails and everything, well, who's laughing now? Like, you know, you got to do what makes sense for your business, but insurance policies, even if they're expensive, I personally believe that's something that's easily recoverable in your overhead. As you mentioned, you already do. We're not talking about a million dollars, you know, like this is easy to spread out over all sellable hours in your company. I'm moving to a charger because I'm at 10%. And then, yeah, the shop security. So using trail cameras with a cell plan, that's a very inexpensive alternative. So that works really well. That officer presence, getting to know the neighbors around your shop, getting to know the neighbors of the job site, being friendly with the local sheriff. These are all things that cost you nothing. It's just courtesy, really. You could say it's an investment of time, but like this is stuff you should- You may get a job out of it too. It's courtesy and marketing. So- Pretty, pretty easy to justify. And I think that's basically it. That's the list that I put together. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Let me double check my notes. Hitch locks on trailers. It's just a little thing, but might as well have it. Which lock? Sorry. The lock that goes over the ball or the hitch. Hitch locks. Yes. Yeah. I think we covered it, man. Air tags. Oops. Did you, did you cover that? Oh yeah, the air tags. Yeah, and it's written here in double underlined. <laughs> and the air tags for sure. Inexpensive. It's basically like your own your own personal low jack system, but on all your equipment without the super ridiculous fees. Yeah, because that does get it can get it can get expensive and it, they charge per unit and stuff. But yeah, I can pull up on my screen right now and see where everything's at. Easy. And you can pick an emoji. For each piece of equipment. So the bobcat is a cat, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I like it. All right, man. Well, Jake, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. Just to, to reiterate for everyone, if they want to reach you, best way is DMs on Instagram at LawnVets LLC or your personal one, which is at Jake is Outdoors. Like you said, use both of them. And on TikTok at Landscape Mafia. And watch out for the stickers and swag that's floating around Augusta, Georgia, because uh, it's pretty cool. Any last words, anything you want to add uh, for our audience here today? Just keep paving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, guys. Thank you very much for joining us again this week. Until next time, work hard and pave harder. We'll see you next week on the Hardscape Growth Show. This episode is brought to you by Block. For over 30 years, TechoBlock has been transforming outdoor spaces into inspiring artscapes. Our endless innovation has resulted in the industry's widest range of pavers, slabs, walls, caps, edging, steps, and outdoor living features. Visit TechoBlock.com or follow us on Instagram at TechoBlock to discover why our products are the choice of the most creative contractors and designers in the game. TechoBlock, we live to create. You've been listening to Hardscape Growth a podcast for business leaders in the trenches. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time, work hard and pave harder.